This reading of the Atma Buddha, the Sutras of Self-Knowledge, are based on the translation by Shinmaya Mission, translated by Swami Shinmayananda, originally composed by the sage Shankaracharya, who lived in the time period of approximately 700 CE. These are the sutras from Atma Bodha, Self-Knowledge. I am composing the Atma Bodha, this treatise on the knowledge of the self, for those who have purified themselves by austerities and are peaceful in heart and calm, and who are free from cravings and are desirous of liberation. Just as fire is the direct cause for cooking, so without knowledge, no emancipation can be had. Compared with all other forms of discipline, knowledge of the self is the one direct means for liberation. Action cannot destroy ignorance, for it is not in conflict with, not opposed to ignorance. Knowledge does verily destroy ignorance, as light destroys deep darkness. The soul appears to be finite because of ignorance. When ignorance is destroyed, the self, which does not admit any multiplicity, truly reveals itself by itself, like the sun when the clouds pass away. Constant practice of knowledge purifies the self, stained by ignorance and then disappears itself. The world which is full of attachments, aversions, etc., it's like a dream. It appears to be real as long as it continues, but appears to be unreal when one is awake. The Jagat, the world, it appears to be true, so long as Brahman, the substratum, the basis of all this creation, so long as that is not realized. It is like the illusion of silver and the mother of pearl, like bubbles in the water, the worlds rise, exist, and dissolve in the Supreme Self, which is the material cause and the prop of everything. All the manifested world of things and beings, they are projected by imagination upon the substratum which is the eternal all-pervading Vishnu whose nature is existence intelligence, just as the different ornaments are all made out of the same gold. The all-pervading space appears to be diverse on account of its association with various conditionings, which are different from each other. Space becomes one on the destruction of these limiting adjuncts, so also the omnipresent truth appears to be diverse on account of its association with the various upadis, and becomes one on the destruction of these upadis. Because of its association with different conditionings, upadis, such ideas as caste, color, and position are superimposed upon the soul, the Atman, as flavor, color, etc., are superimposed on water, 
determined for each individual by his own past actions and made up of the five elements that have gone through the process of fivefold self-division and mutual combination, are born the gross body, the medium through which the pleasures and pain are experienced, the tent of experiences. The five pranas, or energies, the ten organs, and the manas, the buddhi, formed from the rudimentary elements, before their fivefold division and mutual combination with one another, this is the subtle body, the instruments of experience. Avidya, which is indescribable and beginningless, is the causal body. Know for certain that the Atman, the soul, is other than these three bodies. In its identification with the five sheaths, the immaculate soul, the Atman, appears to have borrowed their qualities upon itself, as is the case of a crystal which appears to gather unto itself color of its vicinity, such as blue cloth. Through discriminative self-analysis and logical thinking, one should separate the pure self from the sheaths as one separates the rice from the husk. The Atman, the soul, does not shine in everything, although he is all-pervading. He is manifest only in the inner equipment, the intellect, just as the reflection in a clean mirror. One should understand that the Atman, the soul, is always like the king, distinct from the body, the senses, the mind, and the intellect, all of which constitute the matter, the gross matter, the natural matter, prakriti. And the soul, Atman, is the witness of all these functions. The moon appears to be running when the clouds move in the sky. Likewise, to the non-discriminating person, the soul appears to be active when it is observed through the functions of the sense organs. Depending on the energy of vitality and consciousness, the body, senses, mind, and intellect engage themselves in their respective activities, just as men work depending upon the light of the sun. Fools, because they lack in their powers of discrimination, superimpose on the soul the absolute existent knowledge of God. All the varied functions of the body and the senses, just as they attribute blue color and the like, to the sky. The tremblings that belong to the waters are attributed, through ignorance, to the reflected moon dancing on it. Likewise, agency of action, of enjoyment, and of other limitations, which really belong to the mind, they are delusively understood as the nature of the soul. Attachment, desire, pleasure and pain are perceived to exist so long as intellect or mind functions. They are not perceived in deep sleep when the mind ceases to exist. Therefore, they belong to the mind alone and not really to the soul. Just as luminosity is the nature of the sun, coolness the nature of water, and heat is the nature of fire, so too the nature of the soul is eternity, purity, reality, 
consciousness, and bliss. By the indiscriminate blending of the two, the existence-knowledge aspect of the self and the thought-wave of the intellect, by the indiscriminate blending of the two, there arises the notion of I know. Atman, the soul, never does anything, and the intellect of its own accord has no capacity to experience I know. But the individuality in us delusorily thinks he is himself the seer and the knower, just as the person who regards a rope as a snake is overcome by fear, so also one considering oneself as the ego, the separate self, he is also overcome by fear. The egocentric individuality in us regains fearlessness by realizing that it is not a soul, but it itself is the supreme soul. Just as a lamp illuminates a jar or a pot, so also the soul illuminates the mind and the sense organs. These material objects by themselves cannot illumine themselves because they are inert. A lighted lamp does not need another lamp to illuminate light, and so the soul, which is knowledge itself, needs no other knowledge to know it. By a process of negation, negation of the conditionings, the upadis, through the help of the scriptural statement, not this, not this, not this either. The oneness of the individual soul and the supreme soul, as indicated by the great Mahavakyas, has to be realized. The body and everything else up to the causal body, which are the objects perceived, are as perishable as bubbles. Realize through discrimination that I am the pure Brahman, ever completely separate from all of these. Realize that. Realize I am other than the body, and so I am free from changes such as birth, wrinkling, senility, death. I have nothing to do with the sense objects, such as sound and taste, for I am without these sense organs. I am other than the mind, and hence I am free from sorrow, attachment, malice, and fear. I am without attributes and actions, eternal, without any desire, without any thought, without any dirt, without any change, without any form. I am ever liberated, ever pure. Like the space, I fill all things within and without, changeless, and the same in all, at all times I am pure, unattached, stainless, and motionless. I am verily that supreme Brahman alone, which is eternal, pure, free, one, indivisible, and non-dual, and of the nature of changeless knowledge, infinite. The impression, I am Brahman, thus created by the constant practice, destroys ignorance and the agitation caused by it, just as medicine destroys disease. 
sitting in solitary place, freeing the mind from all desires and controlling the senses, meditate with unswerving attention on the soul, which is one without a second. The wise one should intelligently merge the entire world of objects into the soul, and constantly think of the self as never contaminated, like the sky. He who has realized the supreme discards all his identification with the objects of names and forms. Thereafter he dwells as an embodiment of the infinite consciousness. He becomes the self. There are no distinctions such as knower, the knowledge, and the objects of knowledge. In the supreme self, there is only the self. On account of its being of the nature of endless bliss, it does not admit of such distinctions within itself. It alone shines by itself. When this, the lower and the higher aspects of the self, are well churned together, the fire of knowledge is born from it, which in its mighty conflagration shall burn down all the fuel of ignorance in us. The Lord of the early dawn has already looted away the thick darkness when soon the sun rises. The divine consciousness of the self rises when the right knowledge has already killed the darkness in the heart. The soul is an ever-present reality, yet because of ignorance it is not realized. On the destruction of ignorance, the soul, the Atman, is realized. It is like the missing ornament on one's necklace. Brahman, God, the universal, appears to be a soul or an individual because of ignorance, just as a post appears to be a ghost. The egocentric individuality is destroyed when the real nature of the soul is realized as God. The ignorance characterized by the notions I and mine are destroyed by the knowledge produced by the realization of the true nature of the self, just as right information removes the wrong notion about the direction you are going. The yogi of perfect realization and the enlightenment sees through his eye of wisdom the entire universe in his own self and regards everything else as his own self also. He sees nothing else. Nothing whatsoever exists other than the soul, the Atman. The tangible universe is verily Atman, as pots and jars are verily made of clay and cannot be said to be anything but clay, so too the enlightened soul, and that, is perceived as the self. A liberated one, endowed with self-knowledge, gives up the traits of his previously explained equipments. 
Because of his nature of Satchitananda, existence, awareness, and bliss, he verily becomes godlike. After crossing the ocean of delusion and killing the monsters of likes and dislikes, the yogi who is united with peace dwells in the glory of his own realized self as God-self. The self-abiding Jivan Mukta, the free soul, relinquishing all his attachments to the illusory external happiness, and satisfied with the bliss derived from the Atman, shines inwardly like a lamp placed inside a jar. Though he lives in the conditionings, the Apadis, he, contemplative one, remains ever unconcerned with anything, or he may move about like the wind, perfectly unattached. On the destruction of the Apadis, the contemplative one is totally absorbed in God, the all-pervading spirit, like water into water, space into space, and light into light. Realize that to be Brahman. The attainment of leaves nothing more to be attained. The blessedness of which leaves no other blessing to be desired, and the knowledge of, which leaves nothing more to be known. Realize that to be Brahman, which, when seen, leaves nothing more to be seen, which, having become one, is not born again, not in this world, and which, when knowing, leaves nothing else to be known. Realize that to be Brahman, which is existence, knowledge, and bliss, absolute. Know it as non-dual, infinite, eternal, and one, filling all the quarters above and below and all that exists in between. Realize that to be Brahman, which is non-dual, indivisible, one, and blissful, and which is indicated in Vedanta as the immutable substratum realized after the negation of all tangible objects. Deities like Brahma and others taste only a particle of the unlimited bliss of Brahman, and they enjoy in proportion their share of that particle. All objects are pervaded by Brahman. All actions are possible because of Brahman. Therefore, Brahman permeates everything as butter permeates milk. Realize that to be Brahman, which is neither subtle nor gross, neither short nor long, without birth or change, without form, qualities, color, or name, that, by the light of which, the luminous orbs like the sun and the moon are illumined, but which is not illumined by their light, realize that to be Brahman, pervading the entire universe, outwardly and inwardly, the Supreme Brahman shines of itself like fire that permeates a red-hot iron ball and glows by itself. Brahman is other than this universe. There exists nothing that is not Brahman. If any object other than Brahman appears to exist, it is unreal, a mirage. All that is perceived or heard is Brahman and nothing else. Attaining the knowledge of the reality, one sees the universe as the non-dual Brahman, 
existence, awareness, bliss, absolute. Though the soul, the Atman, is pure consciousness, and ever-present, everywhere, it is perceived by the eye of wisdom alone. But one whose vision is obscured by ignorance, he does not see it, as the blind do not see the resplendent sun. The soul, the jiva, the individual, finally free from impurities, being heated in the fire of knowledge, being kindled by hearing, and so on, shines of itself like gold. The Atman, the sun of knowledge that rises in the sky of the heart, destroys the darkness of ignorance, pervades and sustains all, and shines and makes everything to shine. He who, renouncing all activities, he who, free from all the limitations of time, space, and direction, he who worships his own soul, which is present everywhere, which is the destroyer of the heat and the cold, which is bliss, eternal, stainless, he becomes all-knowing and all-pervading and attains thereafter immortality. And thus concludes Atma Bodha.